Good morning, everybody, from Spirit of Grace Church. We're so glad that you're able to be with us online today. And uh, we are living in what one author said a long time ago, the best of times and the worst of times. And uh, here at Spirit of Grace Church, we're such a hugging, handshaking church that we miss that. But we live in the best of times that we have the technology that we can at least come to you and you can see me and and uh, hear the word of the Lord today. So thankful that we have this opportunity to be together for just a few minutes this morning. Uh, in the days to come, uh, we're working on uh, improving our online footprint and so that you can see some worship and some things that we want to be able to do in the coming days. <clears throat> we're quickly learning and uh, going to do that here this week and, and in days to come. Uh, as an update, we are uh, constantly following our president and our governor, and I give them honor for the work that they and their teams have done in keeping us informed and doing the things necessary to help us to overcome this virus. And uh, we're thankful that there are people that are uh, loving and caring. Uh, you can see it on Facebook. You can see it in text messages and phone calls. And we want to encourage you to reach uh, out to one another, support one another in prayer, check on one another. If you have any needs, please don't hesitate to call my wife or I directly. Or you can reach our administrator, Taryn Esparza, uh, at admin at spiritofgracechurch.org and she can help us uh, help you. And so we're looking forward to the many needs of the people to be met. I want to remind you that we have online giving at Spirit of Grace Church. If you just go to our website at spiritofgracechurch.org and follow the donate page, you can uh, return your tithe and offering to the Lord through those means or you can uh, mail uh, your offering to us at post office box 48933 in Coon Rapids 55448. And we're thankful for your faithfulness in giving as we go through this process of not gathering. I was telling somebody yesterday, I feel like I'm getting ready to go into my homiletics class where there's only one or two people present, but I know that you're here online. And so I have asked the Lord to help me share the word of the Lord with you uh, today. We are living in a season that I believe God is going to use for a great purpose. I believe that God is going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. He, he promised us that he would never leave us nor forsake us. He promised us that he would be with us until the very end. And so I am confident and assured that Jesus has his hand on us, that he knows where we're at individually and corporately and as a universal church body. All around the world there are people that are gathering together online and uh, <clears throat> trying to stay connected with one another and with the presence of God, and we're excited about that. Just on an announcement type level, this coming Wednesday night at 7.30, we'll be online again, and you'll be able to uh, be a part of that uh, time of sharing the word of God. We'll be on Facebook Live, and we're working on some other platforms as well for those that don't have Facebook um, but we want to do what we can. The most people have this means to communicate with, and so we're going to use that uh, here at first. I'm thankful for uh, the spiritual leadership that I have in my life. 
Uh, Destiny Ministries has been a huge help to us as we have followed all of the Destiny Ministry pastors as they're uh, ramping up their uh, the ways that they are ministering to their people and their communities, and we're drawing ideas from them, and uh, hopefully in days to come we'll be able to implement some of those and be a part of something that is incredible. We want to call you this week to special prayer. Find a place in your prayer closet to reach out to God and allow God to use you. Pray against this virus. Pray for our leaders. Pray that God's hand would just rest upon all of us as we come through this, and we will come through this. Uh, I heard an elderly gentleman once say that his favorite verse in Scripture was simply the phrase that said, and this too shall come to pass. And I believe that this is going to come to pass, and on the other side, it's going to be exciting and powerful. So this morning, I'd like you to uh, turn in your Bibles. I hope you brought them to the computer or the the living room with you today. But in the book of Genesis, I want to read just a couple of verses from the very beginning of the Bible, and then we're going to turn over to the book of Acts chapter 9. I'm reading from the New Living Translation today, and... uh, We're reading from Genesis chapter 1, starting right at verse number 1. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. I'm thankful that God knows how to hover. I'm thankful that God has chosen to hover over his people, and I believe he's hovering over us even today. In the midst of this dark hour, excuse me, in the midst of this dark hour, I know that God's spirit is still present. So turning over to Acts chapter 9, verse number 1, it says, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest and he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way that he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. And as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. And Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. And so his companions led him by the hand to Damascus, and he remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. And I want to share this thought with you today. Uh, The miracle is born in the darkness. Miracles are always born in darkness. And uh, I find it interesting that at the very beginning of scripture, at the very beginning of creation, that the Bible says that there was darkness upon the face of the earth and God hovered over that. I, I believe that in the midst of the darkness before anything was, that God was there 
birthing the miraculous power of creation, speaking things into existence that had not existed before. And he saw that it was a dark place. And so he said, let there be light. When God speaks a creative word into somebody's life, invariably it comes from darkness into light. Darkness is always the precursor to the miraculous. It's always where the miracle is is conceived and born in, and when it is born, the miracle brings light to the situation. I find it interesting that in the midst of this day and age, in the society that we live in right now, there is darkness all around us. Whether it be society itself, whether it be this virus that we're dealing with, whether it be vain philosophies, whether it be idolism, whether it be whatever it is that has darkened this world, in the midst of that darkness is when the Bible says light can come forth and darkness cannot comprehend it. The light of God, thank you, the light of God is something that is all powerful. The light of God is something that opens up the windows of heaven and reveals what God is to us in the midst of darkness. And we understand that God allows the things of darkness to catapult us into a spirit and an atmosphere of light. It is when we are at our darkest moments that God begins to speak. And when he begins to speak, something brand new begins to happen in us. And it allows us to step into a new dimension of relationship with him. And it allows us to move into an area of understanding that we did not have before. And when we step into that new dimension of understanding, the things of God become very clear and very plain and very powerful to us. And our life then is transformed formed because of the light that has come into our spirits. In the book of Acts, we read about this man named Saul. And Saul is an interesting character. Saul is somebody that was very zealous for the things of God. It was just misplaced. And, and he went around persecuting the churches Uh, Not necessarily out of a a measure of hatred, but out of a measure of loyalty to the God that he had grown up serving and that he had studied. And he did not recognize that Jesus came in the manifestation of the God that he served and started a brand new movement, if you will, a brand new church, if you will, a brand new kingdom. Uh, is what the scripture says. And so when he misunderstands what Jesus and his followers are doing, he goes on a rampage and a zealous rampage, even to the point of death. For we read two chapters earlier that when Stephen was stoned to death, it was at the feet of Saul that his garments were cast. And so this man, in his zealous towards God, is persecuting the church, is trying to lock the church up, is trying to, to hinder the, the growth of the church and the, and the ministry of the church. And in, in doing so, God gets him to a point that he comes down in a bright light on the way to Damascus when he's on his way to take care of arresting and putting into bondage some of the Christians that were there, some of the church, if you will, and God brings him to his knees with a bright light 
and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Listen, my friend, there's some times in our lives when we are trying to do everything that we can that we think we're doing for God, but sometimes God takes us to a place where we have become misguided, if you will, and he takes us to a place where he puts us to our knees and he blinds us to a certain extent. He brings darkness into our life. He brings trouble into our lives or allows it to come into our life so that you and I will refocus on the things that matter the most and the thing that matters the most is Jesus. Saul, why are you persecuting me? Notice what Saul said. He said, who are you, Lord? And, And he said, I am Jesus. He didn't even recognize what he was doing or to whom he was doing it. And sometimes we have people in our lives that have ridiculed us and have uh, caused harm and hurt and opened wounds in our lives and have allowed the things of this world to, to get into the inside of us and cause damage and they don't even realize what they're doing. And Paul, I don't, even under, I don't think that Saul, before he changed his name to Paul, but Saul, I don't know that he realized what he was actually persecuting. He was trying to stand up for what he thought was the God of the Old Testament and Jesus is switching his mindset and in order to get his attention, notice what he does. He puts him into a state of blindness where he cannot see. And so when he is blind, the Bible says he was blind for three days and was led by his friends and his cohorts at that time into the city so that God could send him a man that would tell him what he would do. And God sent him Ananias. And But I want you to notice that on the other side of Paul's blindness was a powerful man of God that is credited with writing most of the New Testament. And the brilliance of this man was the flip side of the darkness when the darkness was cast out and his sight was restored Paul becomes a totally different creature listen in your dark hour God is not using it to necessarily punish you he is using your dark hour in order to mold you and form you into what God is wanting you to become he does not put us into a place of punishment in order to just bring judgment to us but he puts us into a place where he can allow the the power in the presence of God to begin to transform and mold us into the creature and the person that he wants us to become. And so Saul goes into Damascus and he's there three days and there was a believer there by the name of Ananias and Ananias comes and he tells him what he is supposed to do and when Paul obeys what he is supposed to do, his eyes are open but it's not just his natural eyes that become open, it's his spiritual eyes that become open. Listen, right now in this day and age, we're seeing a lot with our physical eyes. We're seeing the lockdowns across the world. We're seeing uh, the social distancing and and, and I'm all for that because I want us to get over this thing and through this thing and control this thing so that we can go on to what God wants us to go. But in the midst of that time, God is trying to open not just our spiritual or our physical eyes, but he's trying to open our spirit to the things that are going on in the world so that we become in tune with him and so that we can understand his voice so that we can understand his word so that we can minister through and to what God is doing every miracle in scripture 
is predicated upon darkness. Think about the three Hebrew children. I love this story and heard it since I was just a kid. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they go and they're required to do something dark. And that dark thing is to worship an idol that was created by Nebuchadnezzar, an image. And they were supposed to, when it passed by, they were supposed to bow down and worship with the others that were there. And these three young men decided that that was not a darkness that they were willing to step into. And so they stood up against that darkness decree and when they stood up against that decree they were brought before Nebuchadnezzar and they said these words that are have rung for eternity our God is able to deliver us from your hand O King Nebuchadnezzar but if not we still will not bow we still will not worship the the image before us because I'm going to serve the God that I know and when that begins to take place Nebuchadnezzar gets irate gets infuriated and cast these three young men into a burning fiery furnace and when they are cast in it kills the soldiers around the furnace and when they get in there the Bible says there was a fourth man that was like unto the son of man it is in your darkest hour it is in your most painful circumstance it is when the wounds are hard and the heat is hot that Jesus Christ will step into your situation he will be with you he will support you he will embrace you and notice that these three Hebrew children came out and there wasn't even the odor or the smell of smoke at all there that was there nothing was singed nothing was they were having a vacation if you will with Jesus in the fiery furnace out of darkness comes light out of darkness miracles are born out of darkness can you imagine being, Simon, or being Paul and Silas or the apostle Peter thrown into a jail, thrown into a dungeon. Now they didn't have electricity back then, so it was probably a fairly dark place. I, I, we, we understand just by, by Bible manners and customs that it wasn't a pleasant prison then, was not a pleasant place to be. It was dirty, it was, it, it was, it was just a terrible place to be, but in the midst of where they're at, in the midst of their dark hour, if you read the book of Acts, you'll see that they sang praises. The church began to pray for the apostle Peter Paul and Silas saying praises unto God at the midnight hour in the darkest hour of the night they began to sing and praise and as they began to do so the walls of the prison began to shake the bondage that was all over them began to loosen and they walked out as free men of God so what does that bring us to today where are we at we are in a dark hour. We, we see the pictures of major metropolises all over the world where the streets are empty and the lights are down and you just take a glimpse at New York City and you see that the lights are turned down and there's not the people that are normally roaming about. And it is a dark hour, but notice that in Scripture... It's the dark hour that produces the miraculous power 
of God. I've just got to believe in the word of the Lord today where in every situation where darkness was found, that light followed shortly thereafter and overcame the darkness that was around us. Don't get despaired and don't get depressed in this day and this season of time. Look at this season of time not as a time of isolation, but as a time of preparation. There is coming a day, and I believe it's going to be soon, where the church is going to come out of this season, not just our local assembly here in Coon Rapids, but the churches all around the world, the universal body of Christ, if you will. I believe that we are going to come out of this season more powerful, more anointed, more transformed. We're going to see more people touched, more lives ministered to, more marriages put together, more more young people coming to the Lord, more people finding their way to the cross of Calvary because at the cross of Calvary there is light, there is hope, there is the ministering power of the blood of the Lamb that was shed abroad for us at that moment in time. There is coming a day very shortly while we may be online right now, while we may not be together right now. There is coming a day in in the next couple of weeks or months where we gather together again and we gather together as the powerhouse of God and from every local assembly that stays strong in this hour and allows the miraculous power of God to move in them when we come out of this this season of darkness there's going to be a great light and that light is going to shine all around us and people are going to recognize that there's something different about the church there's something different about the believer and they are going to be inquisitive and begin to ask questions and say I want what they've got the Bible says that we are to be salt and light salt and light the light of the kingdom is still shining bright And while the adversary may mean harm to the church, I want to remind you that he has meant harm for the church since the day the church was born. He has fought against us. There's an old chorus that says, the church has been through the fire, it's been through the flood, it's been through all kinds of things, but every time we come through it, we come through it stronger. We come through it more powerful. I'm encouraging you today. Don't become dismayed. Don't become discouraged. Just embrace the word of God. Embrace this time to to look into the things of God. Take this time of isolation and prepare yourself to be presented to a world that is looking for something powerful. And the only way that you can prepare, use this time to seek the face of God. Use this time to study. Use this time to communicate with one another through text and email and all the other uh, means of, of communication that we're so blessed to have in this day and age. Do what you need to do to draw closer to him and don't let this season hinder you or cause you to stumble and fall, but allow this season to strengthen you and mold you and let your prayer be, God, use me for your kingdom, mold me for your kingdom. I uh, surrender my will to your will. Do as you see fit, God, in my life. 
so that when this comes to pass and the restriction lifts, the church, Spirit of Grace Church, we hit the ground running and the power of God will move not only in our services when we gather together here on Sundays or midweek, but it will be in every discussion through the week. It will be in every small group. It will be in every workplace and in every office. When we come on the other side of this, there's going to be a lot of questions that we're going to be looking for answers for. And when those answers are God meant it for good, where will you stand? Where will your heart be? Where will your spirit be? All across the living rooms right now, I'm asking you to bow your heads. Ask God to minister to you and form you and perform a miracle in you that brings light to your situation. Lord, there are those that are hearing this and seeing this, God. And I'm asking you, Lord, to minister to them in a special way. Let the prayers of this pastor go out over the airwaves, Lord, and allow the spirit that you have placed in us go into every living room and office and wherever this is being watched or listened to. I'm asking you, God, to allow the angels of Hebrews 1 that says that they are sent forth as ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. Let them feel those ministering spirits right now. Let them feel the embrace of the master. Let them, O oh God, experience the molding of the potter as you take us through this season of darkness and this season of separation and this season of isolation, mold us, O oh God, I pray, and form us in the darkness so that when the light comes, we can step forward in the power of the name of Jesus and power that's found in the blood of the Lamb and we become full light and salt to this world and community around us so that we can be your hands and feet in this last day and age. We'll be careful, God, to give you glory and honor. I'm asking you now as people, Lord, are facing uncertainty. <clears throat> Lord, they're facing a heartache and they're facing headache. And I'm asking you, God, to minister to each one even now. Let the peace that passes all understanding settle into every home, into every spirit. Lord, help them to understand that you are still in control. Help them to understand, Lord God, that you've got everything in your hand. The old song that still says he's got the whole world in his hands, Lord, we know applies to you. You've got us, and I'm asking you, Lord, <clears throat> to minister that spirit right now in the precious name of Jesus. And should you tarry when we come through this, we look forward to the day where we can embrace one another again and worship together in your house uh, in unity. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Praise God. I thank you for being with me this morning. I want to remind you, give somebody an online hug, an online high five. Do what needs to be done to connect you to some other believer. There's all kinds of uh, music that's being put out there, all kinds of encouraging words from all around the world. I encourage you to soak it all up. Uh, listen to it. Worship with it. Take some of the worship songs that are there and turn your homes and living rooms into worship sets and begin to worship together. Praise God. <clears throat>
in Jesus' name. Just a reminder that we will be with you online Wednesday night at 7.30 and then next Sunday as well. Uh, there's no college class, obviously, no chain breakers this week until we have the restrictions removed from our governor and our president. And then also just a reminder, if you are a member of Spirit of Grace Church, um, you should be receiving a daily email. You didn't receive one today because we were working on the message, <clears throat> but we'll have it available maybe later this afternoon. But every day you'll receive uh, a short thought from me that you can think about through the day. We want to stay connected with you. Please don't hesitate to give us a call or to email us or text us. Uh, this message today and this, this service today uh, will be on our podcast this afternoon. For those of you that don't have Facebook, uh, you can spread the word that it'll be available on our podcast. You can go to spiritofgracechurch.org and follow the podcast link, and we'll try to uh, make this available in some other ways as well. We love you. My wife sends her greetings. We, we just want to honor you today. Take this word and just wrap yourself up in the miraculous because it's in the dark hours that the miraculous will take place. God bless. We'll see you on Wednesday.